Wow, I love the energy. Love the energy. What a great way to start off the year. Can I get a strong amen? Amen. I'm Pastor Chris, if you don't know me. But before we get started, can we just welcome together our online viewers, the Framingham campus, Tri-County campus. Thank you for tuning in. We love you. I hope you're blessed today. I want to speak on a title today called Finding Your Map. And so if you're taking notes, write this down. And if you're not taking notes, write this down. That's right. That's right. Uh, I think it's a good time um, as we start the year to be thinking about uh, the inventory, our stock and planning and vision like Sarai actually mentioned uh, in, the, in the worship. I thought it was so timely. But how many know the best years of our lives are the most spiritual years? And I, I think I, we spend a lot of time uh, reverse engineering our career or our retirement plan but have we ever stopped to GPS your spiritual journey or to come up with a map? So write that down. We all need a map. It's a good time to do this. And, we'll, and I don't mean the, 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 the traditional sense of the map. I want to define map a little different today. Is it okay if I do that? All right. I'm going to do it anyways. Let's go. So M stands for mission. Write that down. A stands for aligned, and P stands for purpose. That's your spiritual map. It's always, what is your mission now that's aligned or associated with your divine purpose? How many know your purpose doesn't change? But your mission can change. Your mission can change based on where you are. And so as we get ready to step into 2023, I want you to be thinking about, where are you? Where are you in your life? What has your focus? And what should you do next? That's what we're going to go through today. But I also want to start out by saying Jesus had a map. He had three years of his ministry. Do you remember the story? And it wasn't long. Like when you think about how long we live in our purpose and how long he had to do his purpose, I feel like it was cut short. But how many know... When, when God speaks in the Bible, he never asks how old people are. He always asks, what did you do with the time that you had? And so it's not about duration, but it's about donation. It's about like, how much can you do effectively with the breaths that God has given you for the next year that's coming? And so Jesus had a map. He actually went to, in his ministry, 24 locations, 16 cities, walked three miles in three years. But how many know, in three years of ministry, Jesus did more than all of the Greek philosophers put together in their lifespan, and he turned the world upside down. And before we get started, I just want you to know that Jesus also had different missions. Before he started his ministry, what was he? What did Jesus do before he started his ministry? He was a carpenter. And where did he live? What did he do? He was a what? He was a son. Isn't it interesting that for 30 years, Jesus spent being a son. Don't ever underestimate the season that you're in or how long you're in that season because it may be that the length of that season is what allows you to succeed in the next purpose phase of your life. When he came onto the stage in Jerusalem, they were asking, why have you come? And he would answer and say, I have come to reveal the Father. So he spent 30 years learning how to become a good son because only a good son can reveal the true Father. How many can say amen to that? Jesus knew what he was doing, but he had a map. 
And that was his mission. But then after, and then we're going to pray, after he, he stepped into another season where it was three years of his life. And if you study John chapter 17, who's ever read the book of John? I know Framingham's read the book of John. If you study chapter 17, this isn't in the notes, but write that down. John 17. I want to give you some homework. Is that okay? Yeah. Actually, I did this in my small group. If you haven't been a part of small groups, join small groups next semester. I actually had Rainer. I think Rainer's on vacation, but in one of our small groups, I gave him homework, and I said, I want you to count how many times Jesus mentions the disciples in John chapter 17. And he came back the next week, and he's like, 40 times, Pastor. I'm like, I knew that, but I couldn't tell you. Because there, there's, there's something that... Um, what, what you discover on your own, you tend to remember a little bit more effectively. And, and so there's a lot of meaning to the number 40, how it means like passing the test and trials. But what's interesting, then we'll get into the message, is that in chapter 17, Jesus mentions the disciples in his intercessory prayer 40 times. And he talks about this word in John 17, 4, where he says, I have brought you glory on earth by completing. It's the word teleio. Perfecting, perfecting your clothes. But in your Bibles, this part is in red. But Jesus isn't done yet. And so my question when reading this chapter, and this is how you should read the Bible, curious, asking questions, what did Jesus complete if he hadn't gone to the cross yet? And when you understand the topic and the subject is he spent three-fourths of his time with the disciples. And so his purpose was what? To die on the cross so that through his redemption, sacrificial offering, we would have right standing with God. Can I get an amen? Yes. But he's, he's saying something different here that he's, that he's finishing because in John chapter 19, he uses a different word, which is the perfect tense of the same word, teleos, but it comes across as tetelestai. And so in his last word on the cross, he says, it is finished, tetelestai. But when he's interceding for the disciples, he says, teteleo, which means perfecting your clothes. Jesus finishes two things. Before his ministry is up, he finishes his mission, which is to disciple the 12, and then he finishes his purpose. My question for you this morning is this. Where are you on your mission, and is it, al is it aligned to your purpose? And, and maybe you're like, well, I don't know if my mission is aligned to my You're at the perfect place, because guess what the mission statement of this church is? Is to connect. And that's not an indictment. We're just saying you may be disconnected from your relationship or from your purpose. That's right. We're here to help. And so step one's right after this service and at other campuses. I want you to join Next Steps and we'll help you with tools and resources to GPS your spiritual journey so that you know what the best next step is. But this is the problem. How do you know what to do in the new year or in any season of life if you don't know where you are? That's the big problem. And so before we get into this message, can I invite everybody to just pray? Just close your eyes wherever you are in TC, in Framingham. You too, Pastor Cliff. Let's just ask the Holy Spirit to breathe on this word as we step into this year. Amen? Father, we thank you. We thank you for this brief moment in eternity that's measured. In this time, and what is time? Time is only but a small interruption in eternity. And we're thankful, Lord. We understand the purpose of time is that time was created for willful purpose to be fulfilled. And so, Lord, we're saying trust us with this year. 
We're saying, bless us and be with us, Lord, and, and help me, Lord, convey the message in a way that people will remember in a practical way and so that we would know we were in your presence. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Thank you so much, sir. I tell the person next to you, get ready to take some notes. Your mission changes. And if the person next to you in TC doesn't have a pen, you can throw a pen from the top aisle down to the first <laughs> row. It's okay. Just today. Your mission changes, but does your purpose? Your purpose stays the same. And so there may be a disconnect. And no matter what you're doing with your purpose or how long it takes for you to find your purpose, how many know the clock keeps ticking? The clock doesn't stop and wait for you to find your purpose, yeah? And so there's something about a finite window that I think we should all bring a level of urgency in, and, and, and that is to determine and find out, what am I here for? What is my purpose? What are my gifts? How am I wired? Because a lot of times we would, we would talk about how healthy and how old we are in our wisdom where we would point to our gray hairs or the hairs that have fallen out, amen, but how many know God isn't so impressed with your age, but what did you do when the hair was falling out? <laughs> and so your purpose, some people waved, I see the balds. <laughs> what have you done to speed up your process in that time window to understand your purpose? I want to read something for you that helps us understand the value of time. Maybe you've heard this before somewhere. To realize the value of one year, Ask a student who failed a grade. I'm looking at you. To realize the value of one month, ask another who gave birth to a premature baby. To realize the value of one week, ask the editor of a weekly newspaper. To realize the value of one day, ask the person who was born on February 29th. <laughs> to realize the value of one hour, ask the lovers who are waiting to meet, not after service. And the 508 said, to realize the value of one minute, ask a person who missed the train. To realize the value of one second, ask a person who just avoided an accident. To realize the value of one millisecond, ask the person who got the silver medal in the Olympics. Time is valuable, yes or no? And so if time is what measures life, Time wasted is life abused. 2023 is the year where we need to do some things that we have been putting off. If you agree with that, TC, shout amen as hard as you can. But I want, let's go into the Bible and see if we can find a blueprint. Because I, I just don't want to leave my opinion. Let's try to see if there's a blueprint in the Bible that can speak to this. So let's look at Acts chapter 1. I'll give you a second to find that. Acts chapter 1, verse 6. We're going to read the Bible a little bit. Is that okay? Yeah. I know it's on the screens, but I want you to underline this, okay? Because it'll be a play on scripture and numbers, and I want you to get this, okay? Once you've found it, say amen. amen. And if you haven't found it, say, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I heard you. So it says like this. So, so these, let's, let's understand the scene and the setting. Important final words from Jesus. He's in his resurrected state. He's been with the disciples for a while, and this is what happens. Verse 6, it says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Look at me for a second. With the right person, wrong question. 
All right, let's go back into it. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, verse 8, but you will receive power. Look at me for a second. There will always be strength given from God for the things that you don't have an answer to. Can I get an amen? Amen. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Say home. home. Come on. Let me hear you, TC. Jerusalem. Say home. home. And then it says in all Judea, say community. community. And Samaria, say the opposition. the opposition. And to the ends of the earth, places where you will have influence that you do not know yet. Four places. Everybody say four. Four. These are places that we need to go to. Verse 9. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up. Imagine this scene. I wonder what I would have done. No iPhones. Like, what do you do? And then Jesus just starts to float out. I don't know. what I would have fainted, I think. Like, didn't have breakfast. What's that fasting in the morning? Intermittent fasting? He fainted. And so Jesus is rising, and it says, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Can they see him at this point? So they are looking at a place where Jesus is no longer. You catch that? Okay. So he's covered up. And while they were gazing, look at me for a second. How much time do you, went, do you think went by here? Five minutes, an hour, 10 hours, a day. Does the Bible say? The Bible doesn't say, but it does imply this to the point where while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, whenever you whenever you see the word behold in the Bible, you got to lift your head up. Like if you're at home reading and you see the word behold, you got to go behold. You got to look up. It'll help you read better, I promise you. Read the Bible and have some fun. So it says, behold, hold on to something. What happens? Two men stood by them in white robes. What are these? Casper the friendly, there were angels. Two angels had to come in the form of an intervention from heaven. And they said this, men of Galilee, they knew them. Why do you stand here, in most versions, except the ESV, it says, why do you stand here? Say this word with me, here. Here. You've got to read the Bible also understanding geography. When he's asking, why are you standing here looking up, you want to understand where actually were they standing. And so the Bible is, is, is giving us a narrative of the question that the angels had. Like, what prompted or triggered heaven to have to send angels to intervene on behalf of people that have been stagnated with instructions? And they were standing there, and they were standing there, and they were standing there, and we don't know how long, but it was long enough for God to say, send angels. This Jesus, who was taken up from heaven, will come the same way as you saw him. And how many can glorify God for the second coming? I wonder how long they stared. I don't know. But what I do know is where they were. There's this mountain ridge or hills on the east side of Jerusalem. It goes Mediterranean, some land and desert, Jerusalem, the Valley of Kidron, and then there's the Mount of Olives. It's a mountain ridge with three peaks, Mount, the Mount of Olives being the highest one, and, and one of the peaks is actually the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus gets arrested, but this was actually 
a sacred burial place where many of the famous prophets and kings were buried. And so this is a holy place, and it was the only place that you could go to see the top of the Temple Mount. And people would, it was a glorious thing. The temple would represent what, what religion had accomplished. And so here are the disciples, not only spiritually, what we just read, but also physically. They could see a couple of things. They could see where Jesus was no longer staring at the clouds. But this was also the place where people came, came to see how far religion had gone. And so my question to you as we step into the new year is this. What has your focus? Is it how far religion has taken you? or where Jesus was in your past. Because I think it's time for you to step into a new year looking for the new that God is doing, for the next that's in store, because I believe your best days are always still ahead. If you're still here, God is not done. Can I get a stronger amen on the first day of the year? So the big idea is, where you stop on this mountain will determine how far you see in this world. Say this with me, location, location. Focus, focus, and timing. Let's define the problem. The problem is it's hard to know what to do when you don't know where you are. And it's hard to get these three right, to get the right location, the right focus, the right time, but it becomes impossible when we never stop to reverse engineer our spiritual purpose versus our retirement plan. And so what are your best next steps? I want you to be thinking about that as we get into the message. But let's use this text to create a life map for us, a mission that is attached to your purpose, associated or aligned to your purpose. There is nothing worse than dying other than living without a purpose. Does that make sense? And so if you don't know your purpose, I want you to find a leader, find a pastor. I promise you it's easier than you think and it's usually connected with your passion. Amen? So number one, write this down. This is a question. Where are you? I know you're in Ashland. <laughs> I know you're in Framingham, in Bellingham, or online, but I'm asking you like, where are you in life? Let me give you some examples. Are you a student? If yes, what should be your priority? Are you a parent? Are you the parent of young children, many children? And maybe this is the good time to also give you guys an announcement that our family has grown and Madi is pregnant. Let's go. That's right. I, I, think, I think it's something... It, it, it all started in Framingham. It's in the water. I'm telling you, like, ever since we launched Babies Everywhere, like, we have forever ruined the census in Massachusetts. There is a, another baby boom happening in the Metro West. <laughs> Let's go. So I'll, I'll give you guys my address so you can send gifts appropriately. I'm kidding. But we're so blessed. And so we're also understanding our seasons. Uh, our seasons. And so what's your season? Are you an empty nester? Are you married? Are you on a mission? And all the empty nesters said, amen, no more debt. Get out of the house. And the key text would be Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. It says, he changes times and seasons. Look at me. Who changes times? God changes times. So the best way to step out of season is for you to change the season or for you to change the times. Who changes the season? 
So stay where you are until you hear differently. Wow. Remain faithful and steadfast until you have further instructions. The Bible said, go and stay where? In Jerusalem. And they overstayed, but they went to the right place. We'll get to that in a moment. But the question for you is this. Are you changing what God has told you to stay? He changes the time and season. He disposes who? Kings and raises up so much for elections. Uh, he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. Now, the question would be, give me a practical pastor. How do I how do I find my season? Like I'm having I'm thinking about this. I hear what you're saying. But like, how do I find my season? Write this down. Here's some practicals. Number one is understand your life stage. Write that down. What is your life's stage? That's a good clue. Number two is what is your age? That is a good clue. I know many of us are usually, you know, on the younger side, like myself. Everybody laughs. I don't know. I don't get it. What is your age? This is a big one. What are you responsible for? What are your responsibilities? And then number three is pray and fast. Because when you pray, you connect yourself to God. And when you fast, you disconnect yourself from the world. Actually, we heard it, Pastor Derek posted something this week, and it says it like this. When you, when you go on a diet, it'll change the shape of your body. But when you go on a fast, it'll change the way you see the world. Amen. So th these are just some good practicals for you to, to help you understand what is the season that you're in. What is the season that you're in? Number two, write this down. What has your focus? Ask the person next to you, what has your focus? Is it the past? Are you still focused on 2022? See, because the disciples have this problem. They, they didn't move. They, they, they stood there waiting for something. And something never came other than an intervention reminding them, hey, you got to move. And so are you focused on the past? Because whatever has your focus has you. And so focus comes from either default or design. And, inter and heavenly interventions are there to break the pattern for you to remind yourself what you're supposed to be focused on versus what you may be focused on. And so maybe it's the past. Maybe it's how far human experience or your experience has taken you. Sometimes we are so preoccupied with relationships because we have strife in relationships. And so we, we waste so much energy trying to make relationships right. When if we would focus on our relationship with God, other relationships would just automatically become better. Sometimes we're focused on our health. And we do so many things to, to stay in peak health that our spiritual health has the capacity to supersede physical health because one is temporal, one is eternal, that we miss the mark. Sometimes we're so preoccupied that we're, we're, we're looking at uh, emotional health and mourning or, or what we should be celebrating. And, and how many know... There is nothing more important in this life than the presence of God. If there is something in 2023 that should be your priority and have your focus, it's not the earthly idol, it's the idol that's seated on the throne. His name is Jesus Christ. And if you have him as your focus, you will not miss the mark. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Does your focus have you or are you focused on something beyond yourself in God? Philippians 4.8 says it like this. Finally, he must have spoken a lot. Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, everybody say true. true. Whatever is noble, 
say noble. noble. Whatever is right, say right. right. Whatever is pure, say pure. pure. Whatever is lovely, say lovely. lovely. Whatever is admirable, say admirable. Some of y'all just had a tongue twister. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so, is it okay if I pastor for just a little bit? Yeah. All right, here we go. So, you should focus on what's true, not lies. You should focus on what's noble, not unnoble. You should focus on what you would, would admire about yourself, not the things that you're ashamed of. You should do everything that is pure, not unpure. You should do whatever that is lovely, not evil. Everything that is admirable, anything that is excellent or praiseworthy. So a great way for you to really like bring that verse into your life is, is, is understand what those words are not. Because a lot of the times, we're focusing on the opposite. And so the Bible is highlighting, focus on this instead of that. But it's interesting that if I tell you to focus on something else, actually what happens, you focus on that. Right? Watch. I'll do this right now. Don't think about a purple elephant. It's impossible. It's impossible. Right? Like, so this is why instead of trying not to focus on something, you should actually just focus on something. It's not about like, I got to try harder. I got to stop doing that. That doesn't work. What does work is, I'm going to worship. I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to serve until I step into my purpose. And when you focus on God long enough, His grace overcomes you, and you're able to walk in right standing and sanctification. Can I get an amen? Well, how do I find my right focus? Write this down. Here's some practicals. Well, you will find your focus if you take this inventory. With who do you spend the most time with? Write that down. Who? Number two is where do you spend the most time? Some of you should check your screen time after service. Where do you spend the most time? With who do you spend the most time? And where does most of your finances go? And what worries you the most? Did you get those? If you answer those questions, you'll know what your focus is. I'm going to repeat that. It's where your money goes. It's what worries you. It's where you spend the most time and who you spend the most time with. If you were to tell me those four things, I can tell you what your focus is. So those are some practicals. Number three, what is it time to do in 2023? This is the good one. What is it time to do in 2023? We all know the famous verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, where it talks about how there's a time for everything. Do you guys remember that verse? It talks about, like, for everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven. And it causes us to question, like, why did God create time and put man in it, but he doesn't live in it? It's not what is the purpose of time. Reframe it. Think about it like this. It's that God created time for willful purpose to be fulfilled in. Did you know that this is the only window of your existence that you get to choose to worship God? All of heaven doesn't have the power to choose that you have right now. This is what I think sometimes we miss in this realm is that we will never have another chance to actually choose God, to choose to worship to choose to read his word, to choose to be in his presence. Because in eternity, the, the, the will goes. 
while we're here, the will stays. So this is actually a space, a window in Kronos, where you get to decide to worship God. This is something that even the angels are envious of, and I think sometimes we take for granted. There is a time for everything. What should you do next? Ask the person next to you. Do you know what you're supposed to do next? Come on, ask them. What are you supposed to do next? I'm going to give you some advice. How do I discover that? Well, number one, where are you in life? Number two, what has your focus? But then number three is this. What keeps repeating in your life? Write that down. And this is, this is powerful, so I, I want you to remember this, okay? You see, the devil learns from your mistakes, even if you don't, to keep you in cycles. Number two, what is your weakness? What hinders you in your spiritual life? This is a good one. This spoke to me. What part of you do you wish you could just make go away? What is the thorn in your side that the Apostle Paul had that he also asked three times for the Lord to take away, but then God answered him and said, my grace is what? My grace is sufficient for you. And so when you've understood what you're supposed to do next, I want you to understand that God isn't going to make it easier. He's going to make you stronger. Because his grace also empowers you. Can I get a stronger amen in Framingham and in TC? Especially in 2023, what is it time for you to do? Because you've been standing there. I want you to define there based on the answers to those questions. Because you have been standing there for too long you could stand with me this morning. You see, the disciples got their instructions right, but the problem was they never left Jerusalem. If you could open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 8, I'm going to leave you with something. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Verse 1. Do you remember the four places that Jesus instructed the disciples to go? It was what? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Well, they got the first part right. They took the first step. They went to Jerusalem, and for three times a day they prayed in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit came after they were one accord. You remember Pentecost? Yeah. And what would transpire, we know the story, is the, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they were filled with power to the point where they went out into the streets and people thought that they were drunk and they were speaking in different languages and people were understanding their own languages and the church started to grow by the thousands and so that was the first step they they went to the to Jerusalem they received power but then they were supposed to go where Judea, Judea. Judea. 
And so for the next eight chapters, we don't know how much time actually went by. They were so blessed, but stuck, that they didn't go to Judea. They didn't go to Samaria. They didn't go to the ends of the earth. Look at what it says. It says, on the day of great persecution broke out against the church in where? In Jerusalem. Where were they? In Jerusalem. And all except who? The apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. You see, God has a plan. God has a way, and his way is better. But what I want you to understand in this story is that our unwillingness to move will not hinder his mission from becoming completed. There was a great persecution, and so in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, there were instructions. But they were so blessed, they decided to stay put, that in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, Acts 1.8 versus Acts 8.1, there was a conflict. And so the disciples dropped their mantle and other people had to pick it up to move the will of God and advance the kingdom of God. Now, God exists with or without us, yes or no? His plan will come to pass with or without our yes, yes or yes or no. And so in 2023, it's not what is God going to do because of me, is what will God do if you don't move and you miss your mantle? What if you're going to miss a move of God because you're so blessed that you're stuck? You see, not too far away, there's an ocean that became a lake. It's called the Dead Sea. Who's ever heard of it? Raise your hand. Do you know why it's dead? Because so many minerals and water come to this one place in that area, but it has no outlets. And so over the years and the decades, the hundreds and hundreds of years, it became so salt that once it was a place of life and fish and living things and living organisms, but because it had no outlets, it died. And I think when we take inventory of our life, we have received so much but released so little that we have killed the life that once lived inside of us. So maybe in 2023, it's not how much can you get, but how much can you give? Maybe it's not how long will I live for, but how much of my life can I give before I'm done? If you could close your eyes right where you are. Imagine if those same angels, when we enter heaven, I'd like to have a conversation with them. What were their names and what prompted them to intervene? What if those angels were here right now? And they came with counsel. And because they live outside of time, they represented your godliest version in the future. And they came bearing the best advice on what you should do next. Look at me for a sec. What would that voice say? When you put a demand on your prophetic or even in your faculties, there's outcome. And so what I want you to do is I want you to grab a pen right where you are standing up in Framingham and NTC. Because we're about to get into a series that is going to unpack this around it's time for you to do something. 
And what I want you to do is take a pen. And if those angels were right here right now, and they brought your counsel from eternity, what would they tell you in this finite window? One, two, three. Write that down. Put a demand. Write that down wherever you are. What is your word for 2023? What is your verse for 2023? What should you do next? I want you to write it down. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. If it hasn't come, ask the Holy Spirit, and I'll pray. Lord, I pray for you to enlighten our minds in this moment and bring to memory the things that we should think about. Holy Spirit, I pray for you to counsel us in this moment of decision, in this moment of defining what the focus of 2023 will be about. Give us that so that we can write this down in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen and amen. We love you, Framingham. We love you, TC. We love you online. I want you to take a moment to close your eyes and focus on what has kept you from doing what you wrote down. We're going to go into a moment of worship. And as we go into this worship, I want you to think on that. Because there's something that has hindered you but I release this over your life right now in the name of Jesus, that what has held you up until now will no longer in Jesus' name. And if you're here and you're visiting us maybe for the first time and you're thinking, who is this crazy pastor with the funny vest? Well, I'm just someone who cares about your eternity. And if you're here and you're new or maybe you've come before, but you've never officially made a decision to really understand what it is that God is doing? Or what does God have for you? I want to give you an official opportunity to respond. So the Bible says in John 3.16 that if you would believe, you wouldn't perish. And that is the starting line of your faith. And if you would like to make a decision that can change your life forever, if you would like to make a decision, and even online, for the first time, I promise you this decision has the power to make 2023 the best year of your life. Do you believe that? And so if you're here in this room, if you're watching online, I want you to take this moment seriously. Because God, He loves you more than you'll ever know. And this decision is the best decision that you can ever make in your whole entire life. And so with every eye closed, every head bowed, just for privacy, I'm gonna give you a chance to respond. And when I count to three, I just want you to raise your hand and put it back down. And if you're online, just chat in the comments. We'll reach out to you. One, this is the moment that could flip your year. Two, this is the moment that could make you have conviction that lasts. Three, if that's you, could you put your hand up and put it back down so I can see you. I see you to my right. I see you in the middle. I see you to the back. I see you in the middle. Thank you. God bless you. I see you to the right. Thank you, Jesus, for these decisions. Thank you, Jesus, for these new convictions. I see you. Thank you for raising your hand. Thank you online if you commented. Thank you for taking that step. And I promise you that God took a step before you, take, you took that one. But I just want to confirm that decision, that moment. Now, the power isn't in this prayer. The power is in that belief in your heart. And we're going to pray together as a family to confirm that conviction in your heart. And I'm so proud of you. I just want you to know. And as a church, we'll do this together. Say this with me. Say, Lord, Lord I, acknowledge I acknowledge 
that you are God. I believe that you are my Lord. And I confess that I need help. So help me now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, can we give it up for those decisions? God bless you. Connect. We'll see you soon.